0: Hello and welcome into to episode number 93 of The Get Around. My name is Jake Adnam. Joined for, I believe, the first time of it being just me in and a you. solo,
1: well, yeah, 1v1.
0: 1v1. <laughs> just uh, like we set, play yeah. basketball. 7 and 4 is Harrison BB I don't think we play basketball one-on-one. We played beer pong one-on-one a A couple
1: times. A couple instant classics. But yeah,
0: I mean, tennis, we've played one-on-one.
1: We have, yeah.
0: I mean, what Golf, what...
1: basically one-on-one. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's always one-on-one. What else have we 1v1 in?
1: Video game? Have we done a video game? No, I think oh, no, I played not Connor, big, not really you. So you're not well, my roommate and I guy. have been getting really into Super Mario Kart lately. Did I Super Mario you? Kart.
0: Can I play you in 2K?
1: Maybe. I don't I'll know. I beat you. This is, is a friendly one on one, though. This is a back and forth we're teammates we're not yeah. opponents
0: we're, we're well you know we're it's patriot week yeah i mean normally it would be a rivalry it's a pretty good rivalry week for me and you if we're talking about that yeah. championship agreed belt at your house and but, if
1: we talk about saturday uh you having a miserable time on saturday and me having a monumental time on saturday
0: yeah you Whatever, that game, I am not talking about that game on this podcast today, so we'll just Well, didn't you hear
1: the Pac-12 officials said that Michigan State should have had another shot? I know,
0: they should have had another shot, we saw it happen live, I saw from the stands the guy hop over our long snapper and guard, I don't know. We were literally standing there like... Ref. But
1: do you ever watch a game like that and say to yourself, did we really deserve another shot? To like, be, yeah, that no, was just to a be pitiful with game with of football. No,
0: there was at least three instances, and I normally don't like blame on the refs, but like there was at least three instances where like us in the stands at least were like... Oh yeah, the re- the refing was
1: controversial at best.
0: Like I'm like, this is egregious. I mean, th- there's a strip sack that they called the legal hands of the face on, which was just ridiculous. A couple of the... I remember at one point we are standing in the stands and they added like 35 seconds back onto the clock. One after the other. I'm just like, who has not been paying attention or something's going on? The
1: guy that ran the clock during the uh, one Michigan game, clock gate.
0: But anyways, anyways, uh, it is rivalry week in high school football in northern Michigan. So we're going to make sure that we talk about a few of the biggest games uh, coming up this week. Pretty we already, good week. Pretty yeah. really
1: top-heavy week for sure. We
0: already mentioned the Patriot game, obviously, with Traverse City West and Traverse City Central both coming into that game 2-1. and one. Uh, we're also going to dive into Traverse City, St. Francis, and Kingsley. We Homecoming know, for the Stags. Yeah, we know that that game has gotten uh, more heated over the last couple of years. Uh, very tightly contested. We'll dive into that. We're also going to talk about Frankfurt and Glen Lake uh, playing this weekend. That is going to be another interesting matchup. It certainly
1: looks a lot more interesting than it did a few weeks ago.
0: Yes, yes. So at least at least from our perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they were excited for it from uh, day one. But from for our perspective, what, now both? Uh, G- Glen Lake's 3-0. uh
1: Back for 2-1. One.
0: one after taking on Inland Lakes this weekend. We'll dive into that later. We're going to have uh, a little update on our eight-man teams and talk about who Harrison and I believe are probably has the best shot of making it uh, deep through, this, uh, through the season and into the playoffs. A lot of these teams still got to play each other, which is when it's going to get interesting, so we'll talk about that. Uh, for our interview today, we have some very special guests. We're going to have Traverse City West's Aiden Griggs and Traverse City Central's Mitchell Stochnik. Two seniors are going to join us for an interview, Uh sit them down for... In the pat- same
1: room at the same time. Yeah, for
0: some Patriot game talk. So we will get to that a bit later, and obviously we'll get down to the Hall of Fame and talk about our trifecta, which Harrison and I are going to kind of round up the last couple weeks that have happened in Traverse City with Red Wings Camp and talk about uh, who we think is going to be the next guy uh, for the Red Wings. A lot, a
1: lot of options.
0: Yeah, so this episode brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freaky, yeah. All right, without any further ado, let's get into the Pulse. Like I mentioned, we have three big rivalry games to talk about this week, Harrison. We're going to start off with, I I believe, you know, is the The biggest... The game that's going to have 10,000 Exactly, the biggest game. uh, I had
1: someone, someone, I'm not going to say who, a member of the Northern Michigan media on Friday. They are in our fantasy football league, so maybe if they listen to the pod... I was telling him about, oh, you know, some of these games would be our game of the week if it wasn't for Patriot game week. And he goes, nobody in the, outside of the Traverse City area cares about the Patriot game. I'm like, that may be true, but no other game up here gets close to 10,000 people in attendance. So when you do that for a high school football game, you're going to get all the attention, whether the outside schools like it or not. So
0: I mean, you say no other school up here. Uh, that's one of the highest attended football games in, in the, the state. state. Yeah. Get, I mean, even... There's there's a lot of the state finals games that don't eclipse that, and that's when they have seven. And I, and or and eight I told teams them from my perspective,
1: going to one of those schools. Some years, the only game I made sure I was going to was Central West. I would miss a lot of the other regular season games, but I was going to be in attendance for Central West. So it's it's got that Michigan, Michigan State, Lions, Packers, whatever pedestal you want to put it on. It's got it every year. It's got it even after now twenty plus years of playing in this series.
0: Well, yeah, I mean this is. Uh Gonna be a good one, as I mentioned on the top of the show. Yeah, we you Travers- rarely see blowouts in this yeah, game. Yeah, but Traverse City West two and one, Traverse City Central two and one. Uh, both have kind of seemed like they've found their footing a little bit on what what they are as a team. Uh, the first three games have been just like just like normal for Traverse City uh, West, stout defense.
1: It is interesting to note, though, that TC West defense now has led up 21 and 28 points in two of their three games, and defensively is kind of their calling card last year into this year.
0: I mean, do you have to mention one of those touchdowns during the whole game was a bad snap over, or set up off a bad snap over their punter's head and uh, put Holt all the way uh, down into, I believe, the five-yard line uh, before they scored. So that's that's a bit tough there, but... um, yeah, I mean, Traverse City Central, wrecked South Lion East. I believe the school final score was 45 or 38, 38. 38, yeah, 38 yeah. to 0. Now
1: uh, that one's kind of a catch-22 as well. You put up a lot of points, but how impressive is a South Lion East on your resume? Nowhere near as impressive as a DeWitt, maybe not as impressive as a Marquette. So, obviously it's good that they get the offense moving and get that – get the points that they want. I mean, that's kind of the thing people have been looking for with Traverse City Central ever since Tobin Schwanke left. Uh, but at the same time, where is that in measure to all the other teams on your schedule? And the big measurement is going to be this Friday.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not very, uh, you know, I, 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 I think that that's exactly what Traverse City Central needed was to go out and just kind of whop on a team, let them run some of their plays. I mean, it was 35-0 before halftime. It was a running clock. Um, they had, they had a chance to get some of the younger guys in, give a couple guys a breather and just actually run some new offensive stuff, run some new sets and kind of prepare themselves for this week. I know this week of practice is going to be really big as we'll hear from both of the guys later in the interview, but leading up to this, that is, that is really the momentum that you need to carry into the Patriot game in order to have some type of confidence against your rivals to rival school with Traverse City West defense and Traverse City Central, um, you know, still working through those problems that they had on offense. I think this is going to be a really really good game. Yeah, if you're
1: if you're picking on a point spread and it's not going to be 15 and a half points, I can guarantee you that. Uh West would probably be given what? You think maybe maybe a field goal?
0: I'll say maybe 4 points. Yeah,
1: 3 4 points right now, but yeah. as we all know, none of that really holds any water when the game actually kicks off. Like we've seen surprise winners in this series, we've seen close finishes. So we, we've we seen a lot to to what these teams can put up with, with good opponents and maybe, you know, regular run-of-the-mill cupcake opponents. But now is, the, now is the one that kind of really matters as far as the blueprint for the rest of the season, how they play against each other. You know they want this one more than any other one this season. Uh, who's going to take the momentum, as always, going forward in the BNC? Obviously, I'll these two the dictate barbie. pace every year. I, I think a lot of people are like me in that they miss when this rivalry was the last game of the season because – it had so many implications on not just for playing the other, like Ohio State and Michigan, but because of what it meant for the playoffs going forward, usually one would get it. a lot of times one would get in, one would not based on that game. But now they kind of flipped it around by keeping it at the beginning stages uh, of the season now. Yeah, everything going forward, the dominoes now start falling, starting with this game, as it does for the rest of the Big North Conference that they play this season, but because of the school size and whatnot, these two are usually at the top of the pecking order for that. So there's so much on the line you can talk to the players as you will later in this podcast here. Like the ones that have won, they want to keep it. It never gets old to keep winning. The ones that have lost, they want so badly to take that win back to their side of town. It just it is the epitome of what makes sports, whether the high school level, the collegiate, whatever level you want to put it at. Like this is a must win for either team in in any situation. You can be zero three, three and zero. It doesn't matter. This this means so much to both of those programs yeah, as I'm, far as what they've done so far and what they're going to do the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I mean, that. Just, I think it's a good way for both of these teams to start that big North Conference season as well, uh, get, get that one game under their belt. Uh, even if you win or lose, you kind of hold your own destiny the rest of the season after this. It's not uh, up in the air where it's so, you know, if, if it is that game number eight uh, or game number nine or, or whatever it would be, you know, if, if one of these teams is a couple games back, it really doesn't mean as much. Uh, if it if not, you look here at this point, even records, first game, it's who takes the lead and then controls their own destiny. And then all it takes is one slip-up, and that team who lost the Patriot game is still right back in. Which, which
1: we've seen is prone to happen for either team later in the seasons, even after getting a win in this series. So you never can be too sure. Um, I don't think we're in line to have them – you know, two years ago and three years ago, we loved that they got to rematch in the playoffs every year. I don't think, once again, I don't think that's going to happen like last year. I think they're too far apart in enrollments. But um, you're just really excited to see this game happen. And, I mean, yeah, we kind of talked about if there was a spread here. Do you and I want to transition now to who who we think Well, no.
0: Actually, before we get there, i got a couple other questions I want to ask, though. Um, You know, we've seen two vastly different game styles, two vastly different, um, you know, Types of games we obviously didn't see anything from the midland game from Traverse City West, but you know, you know, we were told that was that was a tough one. But uh, we saw the game for Traverse City Central against Dewitt, another tough one. Was there until to the end, but uh, couldn't quite pull it off. Who do you think, uh, with the competition that they've played and where they're at right now, who do you think has played better to this point?
1: I I think you got to say Traverse City West. You know, Traverse City Central has been figuring out some things west has taken what they've done last year and really improved on it with some of these offensive numbers. I mean, you're beating a Grand Haven, a Hull, and a Midland team. that A lot of times we don't know how good a Midland team is. They're ranked in Division 1 They're or 2. number
0: 4 yeah, or 5.
1: in one of those top-tier divisions. So that turned out to be a really good game no matter what. As the DeWitt game was, I think the strength of schedule has been uh, on West Side, a little better well, from the opponents.
0: Well, yeah, especially I mean, even if you do bring up DeWitt, DeWitt did just lose to Division Four Portland. Uh, Ooh, did a not week, know yeah, that a week so. ago. Uh, they, you know, it's not that it's not the same with strike the schedule and everything. This year is still six wins and in. And we're
1: assuming that that Portland team is a pretty good team. Oh no, Portland! Yeah.
0: Portland's usually a really good team. When I was down in Lansing, Portland, Portland always took the Raiders.
1: Down. Yeah, the Portland um,
0: Raiders. But either way, um, I, I would have to agree just because. Uh, the defense of Traverse City West and the special teams, they have they have blocked punts in back-to-back weeks. Um, one of them led to a touchdown from Christian Bruvin against Holt this past weekend. Uh, their defense has obviously been good. Like I said, one of those touchdowns last weekend wasn't even given up by the defense. Uh, but Traverse City Central, if they want to try to get away from West, they have to do it early.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: that and that's what that kind of is going to give me my next segment. Like, what do you think is the key for each one of these teams to win the game? Give me one or two for each one of these teams. I mean, I'll just I'll, I'll go with one for each, and then, then I'll overview for, for Traverse City West, they have to do what they do best and dominate time of possession and run the ball down Traverse City Central's throat. I think if they actually stick it to the ground, um, I've seen them throw the it through the air a couple of times, but I feel like uh, Coach Vaughn, if, he, if he's able to ground and pound this team and keep time of possession, uh, they'll, their defense will be able to force at least one or two turnovers enough to keep Traverse City Central out of the end zone more than once or twice. But if you're talking about for Traverse City Central, if you if you want to get past that Traverse City West defense, I think you have to run them out and make them tired, because uh, they all are they're all to the ball every single time. If you're gonna throw a lot, make sure you're doing it downfield and make sure you're doing it in quick succession. I know that they're running, uh, they're they're no huddle offense, they're spread that they do quite uh, quite proficiently. But they really have to be. I think that's why it's important this game right now, is in week four, is because they need to be on their game with that uh-huh. you know that quick quick hit offense. And if they can do that, I haven't seen anybody try to take Traverse City West deep over and over again yet this year, and I don't think it's worked out for anybody else because they haven't tried
1: it. So you're saying be ahead of the game, in a sense. And that's a very good way for any team at any level of football, for sure. And I think the Trojans have the athletes to do that. Uh, Peyton Smith, this will be another great resume builder for him, just to see how the transfer from Ithaca Fairs in a game like this, I mean, they're, they're I'm This will be
0: the biggest school that they play this year.
1: I'm gonna guess that he's never played in front of a crowd this big. Yeah. Yeah, so, and,
0: and that'll, that'll actually be probably be the biggest school that he he's played in his uh, high school career. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, I mean Ithaca being in Division Seven, um, they 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 would see higher division competition, but they uh, they don't go not a to place division where two sides one, of division a giant two. stadium
1: are full. And we we all know that Ithaca is such a nice stadium. Uh, oh yeah, it does. <laughs> but it's not as big as Thoroughby on a packed night. Uh, yeah, West, West, it, just stick to the calling card of that defense. And if their offense is making plays like they have been so far this season, I, like we talked about earlier, I think they have the advantage if there was a spread put on this game. So in this way, Central needs to force them to make mistakes. I, I don't necessarily know how that happens. It's something that Coach Sugars and the guys are going to have to devise on their own, but they've got to find a way to... Yeah, maybe stay ahead of them, try and force a few turnovers on offense and then give their team momentum going forward. You referenced the mistake earlier in the whole game that gave up one more touchdown. Or was the whole, yeah, was right. yeah, the whole game. Um, so those mistakes can be made, especially when you get kind of nervous You know, right there at the line of scrimmage before you're hiking in some of those key moments. I mean, it's it's not for everybody. It's It's hard to dial into that moment and make sure you execute to perfection in a scenario like that where you know everybody's yelling and everybody's Invested in what's going on with the game, so I think for West, it's you know stick to the calling card that they've they've been doing the past few years. So they're going trying to win their second Patriot game, third Big North Conference title in a row. And for the Trojans, you don't know, say it spoiler because obviously we just discussed how these games are always close and you can't really predict who's going to no, have the no. momentum. But for the Trojans, it's latching onto that thing that maybe they haven't yet. Maybe South line East they they stumbled onto that that rate of success and. And and piling on the offense and and finding the communication and the uh, connectiveness that a, t- a team needs to pull off a win like this, but it's it's going into that next level that uh, I know everybody on that program wants to get at, and the Trojan fans want them to get at, and and you do it on a Friday night against an opponent like TC West, their their season goes from you know wait and see to oh man these guys could
0: win BNC and beyond. All right, and we I don't know that we even normally do this, but I want you to make a pick. Who do you think wins this weekend?
1: Well, we've done picks in the past on this one, and I seem to always get them wrong. So uh, I apologize to the team I pick because you're probably now favored to lose based on my assumption. And, yes, I did go to Traverse City Central, and, I, you know, it's, it's always – I'll admit this is the one that kind of most brings me back to the rivalry more than any other competition up here. Uh, so having said that, you know I'm not being biased when I do pick the Titans, and I think they'll win it by seven on okay. Friday night, let's say, let's say 27-20.
0: All right, I, I think it's going to be Traverse City West, too, but I, don't, I would never put the the over-under at 47. Uh, I mean, 27-20. Once again, Traverse City West, they let up, I believe it was, 28 points against Midland, which was the most that they had given up in almost two years. I feel like this game is going to be another low-scoring slugfest. i say 21-17
1: okay. uh, Traverse City so West. So we're only
0: separated by yeah. seven points. But, though, so but I wouldn't be surprised if they score a 0-0 after the first quarter.
1: I feel like three of the quarters, everything's going to be in check, and then there's going to be that one, maybe the third or whatever, that things are going to be a little unpredictable and stuff is going to happen that we didn't that are kind of unfamiliar for both teams. And so that might add to the higher scoring effort. But like I said, I, I usually get this pick wrong, so I guess I'm just unofficially crowning Traverse City Central the winner right now. All
0: right, let's move on to the next rivalry game happening this weekend. Kingsley's look good, but they've had their scares already. They had a scare against Ogama, They had a scare against Grayling before they were really able to pull away. Uh, Traverse City St. Francis, obviously losing to Glen Lake uh, just last week, had a you know a twenty-nine to seven win over Benzie Central this week, which over the last four or five years has has been more like fifty to zero type of type of games, uh, but not, nonetheless, both these teams coming in off a win going to Kingsley for their homecoming game. This is
1: also the school of the year rivalry, right? Wasn't yeah, <laughs> yeah, that we
0: just got we just got is uh, sets the tone for the school of the year with, yeah, but exactly. I mean, this is the the one to rule them all at at some in some people's minds, especially for Kingsley Saint Francis, you know, you know, making for this to be an interesting matchup, I don't I don't think or I don't see Saint Francis being as strong as they have been over the last couple of years. I don't think that's that far fetched of a no prediction or uh, you know an opinion to form after the first few games of the season and what we've seen them do against the teams this year as opposed to the last about five years, um, you know they've had the same the same first few games and they you know just weren't as dominant. They were you know got beat by Glen Lake in a pretty handy fashion. Uh, but, They've definitely
1: beaten Benzie Central by a lot more than they exactly. did on Saturday. So
0: I, I think it's I think now, it, uh, these are good Benzie teams. I, yeah, but years. I don't think it's I don't think it's that hard to say that the St. Francis team isn't quite what it was last year, uh, and this Kingsley team is you know picking up steam once again. Um, I, let's go let's go right there. I mean, who is this win bigger for? Uh, is it is it bigger for Traverse City St. Francis to kind of reestablish themselves in their own mind and go, hey, the Glen Lake thing was a fluke. We still got our rivals over Kingsley. Or is it bigger for Kingsley to get over that hump and hopefully, you know, get one up on St. Francis before they ever before they ever even have to see them in the playoffs?
1: I think this is kind of uh, uh you know status check round two for St. Francis. They did the played the Glen Lake game, obviously didn't come up uh, with the win in that one. So this is kind of another. It seems like St. Francis, Glen Lake, Kingsley were all wrapping them in one three way bubble. To talk about for the rest of the year, since they're all going to cross over and play each other, so I kind of think St. Francis looked at it as Glen Lake was the first big test. Now Kingsley is the second big test, especially to kind of reaffirm what they're doing and how they're doing how they're chugging along at reloading this roster after losing those guys from all these years. Having said that, Kingsley had a season to remember that they're going to be talking about for the rest of their lives last year, and the only two blips on that schedule were St Francis in September, St Francis in November. Kingsley really wants this game. Everybody was theorizing why Coach War would schedule it and have homecoming scheduled for St. Francis's visit. They really want this game, and they're going to look forward to playing Glen Lake down the road too, but they know St. Francis was the was the thorn in their sides twice last year to an otherwise flawless season. Who's to say what would happen if they played Montague in that semifinal? But uh, the Stags really want this, and I think a win for them on their home field in homecoming just reasserts how strong they are for a second year in a row, whereas St. Francis, they, they want it just as bad, but the win, I think, as far as where the season's going from here, it's, it's way more desired by the Kingsley crowd than St. Francis.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree whatsoever. I mean, Kings, I think Kingsley has a good chance. I mean, could, could you imagine uh, the confidence boost that it could give the Stags to to say, hey, I got got trounced in the regular season by St. Francis last year. The playoffs was really close up until the last, you know, little bit. It's been a while since they beat St. Francis. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know St. Francis would want nothing more than to start off once again, get an actual win in the conference. Yeah, Uh, it's
1: just like the Patriot game where these, I mean, I know they both played conference games last week, but if they're supposed to be the top two favorites in the Legends division, the NFL, then, yeah, this is kind of like Central and West. This is where you start knocking those dominoes down and showing who has the
0: edge going forward. But, I I mean, I I do want to bring up one kid – That has just been ripped enough. We'll talk about him. We'll we'll talk about him a little bit more later, too. Uh, But Aiden Mullen, uh, I'm just going to bring this out and say who my X factor for the game is, and it's obviously Aiden Mullen. Last two weeks, he's had 20 plus carries on the ground, 220 plus yards in each of those games. I think he's totaled 10 touchdowns over the last three weeks, or 11 touchdowns over the last three weeks. Um, I mean, you know how fast he is. I've, you've seen him run track. We saw him on. The he's football uh, field he's last in my year. prep
1: play of the week today. When Tyler connected with him in, in a big game. That it, yeah, I don't want to steer the conversation off Aiden for a second here, but Kingsley as a program showed me a lot in losing to Grayling in the second half at home last week, and it's a pretty impressive Grayling team defensively so far this season. They came back to win that game by a few scores, and Aiden was a big part of that. So yeah, I mean, if you, I'm not saying he single handedly did it, but the well, fact no, that
0: I. I I'm, that's what I'm trying to say is he's he has to be the x factor though because they've had four or five guys consistently put up numbers but this guy is putting up outrageous numbers he's, for them he every time he's touching the ball he's averaging seven and a half eight yards per carry that's outrageous and and Kingsley's schedule
1: has been pretty good to start a McBain Sorry, team McBain, that's Bain, not too Ogemon, bad uh, Ogamon, grayling yeah I, they none of those teams are a blowout, whereas we've seen teams start 3-0 and and have some easier teams on their schedule. That is not the case with Kingsley. Uh, St. Francis, it's not the case either, but kind of while we were comparing the resumes earlier, West and Central, I, I think Kingsley's been more battle. Even with Glen Lake on the St. Francis schedule, I think Kingsley's been more battle-tested through all three weeks.
0: Who do you think is the X-factor for St. Francis?
1: <sighs> I mean, Colin Endress obviously has been a big part of what they're doing. You could go running back, running back, and say Aiden Schmuckle. Um... I think it's the Saint Francis defense as a whole though. I think Saint Francis can make as, as many plays, you know, to win a game on offense as they need to, but I think if that defense can stop the playmakers in Kingsley, which are kinda harked on as the returning, you know, the veterans of that team from a year ago with the Tyler and the and Aiden Mullins and the Pacing Caballeros and whatnot, uh if that Saint Francis defense can limit them to two scores, maybe even three, maybe they can win the shootout and, and get enough offense in. So I think you're looking at all 11 guys on the defensive side playing their parts to a tee and making sure that Kingsley offense can't do for four quarters what they've basically done for the past year and a half, excluding games against St. Francis.
0: All righty, we're going into one more game that we're going to do a quick hit around in 11-player football. Another rivalry game that we mentioned. Frankfurt at Glen Lake on Friday. Frankfurt now 2-1, and one, uh, just defeated Inland Lakes 35-0, to zero, had a couple good performances on offense. Uh, Glen Lake obviously taking another... Um, Big club to their opponent, I believe, putting up nearly forty points for the third week in a row. Uh, I know they went twenty twenty nine against St. Francis, but getting in the upper uh, close to four five scoring drives in each game. Um, who do you think uh, has the advantage here? I know f- at the beginning of the season we were you know pretty low on Frankfurt, but no, now have won two straight after losing to Everett in that first game, and Glen Lake has looked strong.
1: Yeah, we're not we're not kidding ourselves. We talked about a three point spread for T C West earlier. Glen Lake's probably a 10-point spread in this one, if if you want to throw a number out. The Glen Lake Lakers are favored in this game. They're at home. They're the bigger team. They're the team with more depth. The Lakers will likely come out with a win on Friday. Having said that, I think a big game like this for Frankfurt is to show how they hang with a quality opponent like a Glen Lake. Losing Week 1 to Everett in a game like West that was – Wonky, what? throw that out there when since. Wins over Harbor Springs, Inland Lakes. Harbor Springs is okay. Inland Lakes isn't really that good. No. Uh, but they're they're getting the wins, and they're, and they're making the progression of the, from the fears that we were worried about after week one. So uh, there's no better way to show your fan base in Frankfurt that, that you're still serious about competing, even if you don't win games, than to do it against a team like Glen Lake. For them to put a scare into Glen Lake and maybe have it close going into the fourth quarter, that says a lot about what this Frankfurt team has going forward. And because it's a rivalry game, you have that feeling like it's very possible that could happen. As we said, Glenlake probably winning. You. Yeah, you want to talk about taking the headlines away from TC West, TC Central, Frankfurt somehow pulls off the win against Glenlake? That writes its own story right there.
0: All right, we're going to move into some eight-man football. We have three teams in the area who are starting to kind of Pretty se- good. Yeah, separate themselves from the rest of the crew. Uh, if you know who we're talking about, talking about Gaylord St. Mary, who just moved to eight man this year, Onekama, who was in the eight player final last year, and Suttons Bay, who was a couple just, plays away from say, probably being in an eight man. Yeah, bro. with Pickford uh, or against Pickford, but Suttons Bay four and zero, Onekama three and zero, and Gaylord St. Mary three and zero. I believe Galey St. Mary's average margin of victory is probably about 65 points.
1: They're averaging 72 points a game. Yeah, I think the average margin of
0: victory is about 65 points. Onakama has done just as impressive things on offense in Sutton's Bay with Bryce Opie and Lucas Mikesell have blown up the scoreboard over and over and over again. Just a couple quick things about each one of these teams. We talked about them all early in the season, Harrison, but who is the closest or who looks like they have the best shot at being a lock for at least a shot at a state title?
1: Well, if things line up like they did a year ago, it's looking like Sutton's Bay would be in the higher division of the eight-man uh, brackets, and then Onekma and Gaylord St. Mary would be I'm just spitballing based on school size and whatnot. So in, in a way, Sutton's Bay, they're going to play both teams. Sutton's Bay is the only one of the three that's going to play the other two, uh, then they're going to be in their own separate division. So that's kind of a, a good test for them. But if I had to pick one... Right now, to say, you know, I like their chances to get to the Superior Dome the best, I would probably still go with Onekama, knowing that they've been there before, they have a lot of guys back from that team before, they're still getting winning games by a big margin. Gatelyn St. Mary may have beaten Central Lake by more, but Onekama didn't just have trouble with Central Lake either. Um, so the Portagers, I think right now, until we see them play Sutton's Bay, we're going to learn a little more about that. But I think they have to be the favorite as far as experience, knowing what to do. They, they want some interesting games in that playoff. And I know Sutton's Bay was right in there. And I know Sutton's Bay has the chops and the playmakers to, to get in that spot as well. So I, I think it's a very good chance we see two of these three playing in. And the only reason we wouldn't get a chance to see all three is because when and St. Mary, we're not going to see them in the regular season. We could see them in the postseason, and that could be very interesting.
0: Well, I, I'm going to go with Galen St. Mary. I think we saw exactly not what happened. not a bad pick based on stats. Well, not even, just, not, even, not even with stats. I just am looking at the patterns that have gone on. You know, Central 8 goes to 8-man in our local area. Ends up going to the state final, winning it. Or Nekoma goes to 8-man in our area, ends up going to the state final. They, they lost it, but um, they're all the way out there. Taylor St. Mary in that first year, moving that down to 8-man. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said, you know, they still probably might have had a chance to play 11-man football. Numbers were low. I mean... Probably have just as many, if not more, kids than a Frankfurt team who is still playing 11-man. You know, they don't have the JV squad as well, but if they wanted to keep it up all varsity, could have done it. I think that Gaylord St. Mary, especially with them just destroying teams as they have right now, I think they are the best look, um, Adam. Onekham have been there last year. You mentioned the experience, which I think is very, very important. But I also... I think that the hot hand right now for Gaylord St. Mary is is the one that I'm going with.
1: None of the answers are wrong. All three of them have the pedigree, the capabilities.
0: Yeah, I do not disagree. I, on that I just
1: want to see what Gaylord St. Mary does in a challenge. And they're going to Suttons Bay on October 4th. I'm already circling that as my game of the week that week. I I cannot wait to see how they play against another premier power like this. And then two weeks later, Suttons Bay's got to play on So. They're, they're going to be battle-tested. They'll, we know be, they'll, be, ready. they'll be ready for the playoffs. I but know that for sure. Gaylord St. Mary has said Manistee Catholic, Mayo. So Mayo Sabol's not bad, and so they only beat them by two scores. They actually play Mayo again later on because I think they had a dropped team. Must have been Grand Trafford's Academy yeah, yeah. or somebody. So they're going to have Mayo again. Um, so decent opponents, but no real tough team. And we've seen Sutton's Bay and Onakama play some tough teams so far. I think Gaylord St. Mary's more than capable. As you'll see later in our Hall of Fame nominations, I, I think Gaylord St. Mary has several guys more than capable of winning these games. I just want to see them in that situation before I feel comfortable picking them ahead of the Norsemen and the Portagers.
0: All righty, The Pulse. Sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freaky yeah. That is going to lead us into our Patriot Game Week interview with Traverse City West Senior Aiden Griggs and Traverse City Central Senior Mitchell Stochnik. They sat down with me to talk about the Patriot Game, what it's been like for them over the last several years being a part of it, and what this year's game is shaping up to look like. So we'll listen to that now. I am very excited to welcome into the Get Around Studios Traverse City West Sr., Aiden Griggs, and Traverse City Central Sr. Mitch Stochnik. Fellas, we have the Patriot game coming up this weekend, the biggest game in northern Michigan every single year, and probably the biggest rivalry game out of anyone between Traverse City West and Traverse City Central across all sports. Obviously, it's going to be a big week, but I want to say thank you guys for joining us at the Get Around. No problem. Thanks
3: for having us. Of course,
0: now we have we have a lot to talk about. This week in particular is something that you guys always look forward to, something that I know both your coaches plan for from the very beginning of the year and probably for on a year-to-year basis uh, And looking at each other's teams. Uh, you guys both seniors on your respective squads. Let's just start off with the history of what you guys have been a part of uh, with the Patriot game. And When you guys started off with, and you were freshmen, you knew what this was about, but now you guys are seniors, you're going into your your senior year Patriot game, what is the mentality difference or how have you seen the way you guys approach the game differently than when you started high school to where it is now? I know for West, we
2: try not to approach it too differently, but it's hard. It's such a big game, such a big atmosphere, 10,000 people, Thoroughby's packed, so that just plays into the part of the game with the student sections, the crowds, and then the emotions before the game and after the game with the cause. It just makes it a huge game.
3: Yeah, I mean, we also like try and keep it, uh, like every other week. But it's difficult knowing that you know our rivals is the game.
0: Have you guys, when you, when you guys first heard about this, or when you guys were when you were younger and you watched this game, did you guys kind of look at it and you're like, "Oh man, dude, I can't wait to be a part of that." And now that you guys are kind of like the the top dogs, the seniors, you guys are the ones who are leading the charge into this. How does it feel different?
2: It seems so far away when you like went to the game as a kid in elementary school. And saw those people, you're like, dang, that's this is like a college game. But now it's like you're playing in it. It's momentum.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, all I wanted to do was be in the game. When I was a freshman, I was like, oh, I wish I was out there with those guys. But, I mean, now being out there, it's, uh, it's surreal. I mean, it seems like a dream sometimes, like. I mean, I think it's going to feel like that on Friday.
2: Definitely.
3: But um, I'm excited,
0: yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, we can kind of talk about the roots of how this all got started. And uh, it just so happened that both you guys are ambassadors for your respective schools uh, for the TC Patriot Game Council, uh, Help decide what the T-shirts look like, Help decide uh, es- especially what charity the money uh, goes to this year. Uh, both of you guys took part in that. How about, how about you guys tell us why you guys chose a charity that you did and, and kind of what it went into the decision? It was a – I know it was a really hard
2: decision uh, – for both Central and West. We had a, we came down to two, It was, but it was a super hard choice, and yeah. it came down to like a closed vote, but I think we chose the right one, veterans in crisis, because they do a lot for
0: the veterans, and. Of course. I mean it totally is like to see. it is always good to be able to give back to the community. Uh, both of you guys being on student senate. I mean, what what is that like being able to not only help uh, you guys as, you know, make decisions on the football field, but both of you guys are leaders in the hallways and in the classrooms as well. Um not just for your school but for the respective community. How do you guys kind of kind of balance that? I think
2: it's really cool. Like I work with the student section and I know the student sections are a giant part of our games, like the momentum they bring and they help like if something bad goes up bad happens on the field, our student section brings us back up and keeps us alive.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool to be a part of both, um, you know, on the football field and also helping um, outside of the football stuff. So
0: Helping make those types of decisions, does that, has that added to the hype uh, for you two in particular at all, knowing that it's not really just about football, it's not just about the game that you guys are, are you know, lining up and going to be banging heads uh, on Friday. There's a lot more to this particular Friday night. What what does that mean to you guys? I think it definitely puts some emotion behind it knowing what we're
2: playing for and the cause we're going to support.
3: Yeah, I mean uh, um it definitely adds a little something knowing that you're playing for, you know, veterans who, you know, have helped us out in many ways, so yeah.
2: And I, a thing uh, I think about, we're kind of not like the main attraction at this game. It's a big football game but it's for the veterans and we try to raise money as much money as we can yeah. to help them out.
0: Both of you guys have had a good start to the season. Both started off that first week with with a bit of a downer but since have rolled off two straight wins. I'm just going to I'll start over here with uh Traverse City Central. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys had a pretty big, big pretty big win against South Lion East this past week. Yep. I'm sure it felt good to kind of get that out of your system. Yep. What do you think a win like that uh, d- did for your team or is doing for your team? for this week going in against your rival?
3: Um, I mean, obviously gives us momentum. Uh, big 38-0 win, obviously. You know, feeling good about yourself. But, I mean, still trying to, you know, stay composed and thinking about this week and just, you know, knowing it's a football game and, Main goals
0: to win with that first game against the win i know it was it was kind of tough getting your feet underneath you still almost had a chance at the end yep. marquette you guys ended up working that second half and working it down have you guys had you as a team feel like you have been building and getting better every single week leading up to week number four
3: yeah i mean obviously i think you try to improve every week and i think that's you know what we've done and looking to improve this week as well
0: of course. Now, on the other hand, not not so much a blowout victory for the Titans this past week, but nonetheless, just as exciting, uh, last second win over Holt, who who did beat you guys last year uh, in the exact same spot right before going into the Patriot game. What do you think the difference in kind of the feel is after you know coming off a loss before having to play Traverse City Central last season, then to coming off of a last second, you know, thirty seconds left victory to now uh, looking the Trojans down the barrel.
2: Uh, it feels great to win that game, but you can't really a cap on the Patriot game. So after we won, we had 24 hours, we celebrated, then we were all back to business, and we knew it was going to be a hard game coming up, and so we're preparing for it. Of
0: course, now we can talk about that preparation a little bit. You guys both just got done with your first practice of the week for each other, and I'm sure, you know, getting, getting the, the mindset right, kind of getting the opposing team's playbook in your head. Um, is there anything that you guys do actually do differently to prepare this week, knowing uh, the size of the crowd, knowing uh, exactly who, who you're going up against. And even as much as you guys kind of knowing each other, is there any extra any extracurriculars that go on um, with leading up to this game?
2: I don't know if it's spoken a lot, but we have played against them a lot, and we've grown up together cross town rivals, Pee Wee, all that kind of stuff. So just like the rivalry between player, individual players is there, not just the schools. So that's definitely yeah. a thing.
3: I mean, I've been playing against some of the guys on their team since I was in second grade. Um, so it's pretty neat, you know, now that we're all seniors and playing against each other in such a big crowd. It's going to be exciting.
0: So how much do you guys actually evaluate yourselves against each other uh, from, you know, eight years ago to now? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there are, there are some times where you're actually lining up against that same kid for what seems like the 150th time. I mean, how do you kind of you put that in perspective? They're a lot bigger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Eight um, years is a long time for a...
3: Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I'm glad that all of us, you know, have stuck with football and, have, you know, I don't know how to say it, but, like, you know, proud of everyone for making it, you know, all the way. Some guys, like, don't quit or whatever, but, you know, it's exciting to see everyone. On your
2: own team and the other team, you watch people develop and, like, become huge linebackers
0: or speed demons and just... To watch, yeah, and yeah development. Yeah, of course. I mean, and especially because you're kind of you are in that fishbowl mm-hmm. where where it is everybody in Traverse City, and you know one of the weird dynamics about this rivalry is you know in every single sport I, I see everybody play. I've seen you guys probably face off in multiple sports against each other, but there is still a very very high level of respect between the two schools and in between individuals. It seems because you guys have all came from the same place. You guys have all done those same things growing up. What would you guys would say is the balance between, you know, the the respect and the kind of disrespect between the rival schools? Like you said,
2: we came from the same place. We know how we grew up. We've seen each other downtown. We have mutual friends going from school to school, not that far away. So I think we're just closer. So the respect's there. But then also Friday night, Friday night lights, it changes. Yeah, so, Once
0: the lights turn on, the other light have, turns it, off. Yeah,
3: friendships kind of kind of are over for a few hours, but, you know, after the game will be be cool again.
0: I mean, growing up together and doing so much together, do you think that that actually adds to uh, the vitriol or the rivalry or the way that um, everybody does approach the game? Or do you think, um, you know, per se, even with some schools like Michigan and Michigan State where there's, you know, there's cycling players. and I mean, it's the same thing for high schools. You only get four years to play, but do you think those first – whatever, 13 years of your life that you grow up into this, you think that has a lot more to do with this than really meets the eye? Yeah,
2: (laughs) Yeah. it definitely does. Yeah, I think so.
0: Growing up in a small town,
2: well, growing town, but, yeah, you know these people, and you know who you're playing against, and you know all their names, unlike other teams you play. Yeah, Yeah.
3: it's very different than playing in, like, a Petoskey or Cadillac, you know, I don't really know any, like, if I see a number, I don't know who that kid is, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, playing West, you, you know who certain kids are, you know, it's different exciting though
0: do you guys ever see a difference between not not just players on the field but the rest of the communities on a week like this this week it's got to be a bit different of a vibe no
2: yeah like i said before the football game i think comes seconds in the community. second in the community it's more about the veterans so when i was selling discount cards for fundraising people would talk about how they're coming to the patriot game to support the veterans and they would usually not come to other games and that's just a It's okay because it's for a great cause. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. What do you say?
0: Just, I mean, but even even though it is, um, you know, very very cause based, I just got to ask you guys. I mean, it does have to feel pretty good to have that many people out there screaming. Is is it? Is yeah? Is it? It doesn't feel good. Is it? Is it more? Is it more energizing? Maybe a little more nerve wracking. Explain that to the other seventeen or eighteen year old kids who who might be listening.
3: Yeah, I mean, it definitely is different. Warming up, you know, seeing. Uh that many people it gets you pretty excited, but you know once the game starts, you start to you know focus a little bit more it's yeah just warming up, like
2: you said it's electric, like the crowds bumping and ten thousand people and then during the games, you can barely hear the plays and it's just a different atmosphere
0: West did uh win the win the game last year, um going for a second year in a row. Hopefully I'm I'm sure you guys are looking at another big North Conference title, trying to make it three in a row. Um just coming from the Traverse C Central side, obviously um had some pretty big expectations with winning that game last year and it, it was yep. once down to the last uh four and a half minutes, I think it was. Yeah. What what does it mean to wanna to steal it back? How much do you guys talk about actually, you know, winning this particular game when it's not uh, you know, yours to defend?
3: Yeah, I mean it's definitely different. I mean, you know, you obviously wanna win and The last two years haven't gone our way, so obviously looking to change that this year.
0: Now, coming from the defense side, uh, do you guys really put a lot of stock in this game? Obviously, it's both of you guys' first Big North Conference game, which I think is one thing we got to talk about, because that's a pretty big deal with how you guys start your conference season. But uh, how how much stock do you guys put into this game as opposed to other just regular home games, especially because it's your first Big North Conference game?
2: In the beginning of the season, we usually set a couple goals, and one of our goals of many is to win the town, and then we win the BNC, and then we go farther from that, and so I guess we do put a little bit more stock into this game, but it's just a goal that we're trying to obtain, and it's a game we're trying to win, just like all so the this, up, But all the, we're this at. is
0: like the this is kind of like your first step after doing this non-conference slate. This is kind of the first step that that winning the town thing.
2: Yeah, not much more emphasis is put on it,
0: but it is like a goal that we've reached, and on to the next one. Okay, so it, there is a bookmark here on this one. Mm-hmm. If anything does go down, now we got a good head coaching battle with, with Coach Sugars and Coach yeah. Vaughn. Uh, Coach Vaughn's in his second year. Uh, very different styles that you guys play. I, I know that you've been used to that ground and pound. You've you know you were around with when Tobin was there, yeah. and uh, now with uh, Peyton Smith, you guys are still in that spread offense. Still yeah. like to move the ball, throw it around. Um, how much do you think that the contrasting styles? of Traverse City West and Traverse City Central play into why these games are always so interesting?
2: I don't know. I know my uh, coach said, Coach Morrow, he listed a stat for us and said, like, each game for the past 10 years have been within five points, and that's just crazy to me. Like, no matter how good a team is, when you come to this rival game, it doesn't matter. It's a rivalry Mm -hmm. game, and anything flies, and that's just exciting.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean our coach said today, you know, if your coach Odette said it doesn't matter if a team's undefeated in this game or haven't haven't won a game yet, um, this game's always a close one and it's always gonna be competitive no matter what.
0: Of course, I mean some of the crazy finishes that have happened, I'm sure you guys have bookmarked in your memories. Uh I know I know a lot of the Traverse City faithful on either side, uh, have that exact same thing. What is your guys' most memorable uh Patriot game moment uh till this point? And I'm sure you guys are trying to make your most memorable in your senior year but up to this point what's your most memorable Patriot game uh memory definitely want to make it this year but probably last year's the win
2: and it was great the crowd after the game everyone's just celebrating <laughs> shaking hands
3: um my prob my favorite memory is probably when we won uh my freshman year Fitz Dowd had a interception at the end of the game to seal the deal and I just remember uh being super excited, super proud of our guys, so looking to make that same memory this year.
0: Is there any time when you guys? I mean, maybe not you two in particular, um, but when you guys do talk about this particular game with, with your other friends, your Traverse City Central friends, with your other Traverse City West friends, well outside of the season? Because I know there's there's times, and even in baseball season, you know, oh, we'll see you in the fall. That goes on. How much do you, have you guys actually talked about this particular week way outside of you know just the seven or you no know, ten days that surround it? There's always that smack talk, so I said we see
2: each other around town, so this is the game we see each other at, so we always got to talk a little
0: smack. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, there ain't, there ain't no good rivalry without living a um, little bit of smack yeah, talk.
3: Yeah, Definitely. I mean, you're always thinking about it, like, you ever, I mean, if I see him downtown or something, I'm always like, I'll oh, see him at Patriot game no matter when. I'll see, you know, whatever, no matter what time we we Here. have a scheduled
0: date. Yep. But yeah, so so it's something that you can look forward to. I know a lot of the community does. Um, with with the with the weight that this week is put on, do you do you guys kind of put anything else in the backseat? Do you guys kind of go, you know, hey, I'm not talking to my girlfriend so much this <laughs> week, or or hey, we really got to focus it. Is is it really kind of the focus of your guys' entire time right now?
2: I know with our team, we try not to change things too much, get out of rhythm because we're it's week. So we've started to build a rhythm, and we like to keep that, and we try not to mix things up too much.
3: No, yeah, I mean, try and keep things the same, but obviously, you're thinking about it. I mean, maybe a little bit more than other games because you know it's such a big game. But
0: all right, we're gonna roll into the Freaky Fast Five. Uh, nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. I'm gonna rip off five rapid-fire questions for these fellas to kind of give us a a bit more in inside look at their personality or maybe just the way that they work. A couple football related questions I'll start off with one of those. This weekend you're down by one point with six seconds left. You gotta run a trick play. You get to call it. What trick play are you telling your head coach to call to beat Traverse City Central or try to beat Traverse City West? Uh,
2: Probably a reverse toss back to the quarterback. Some sort of flea flicker, that kind of thing. I don't know. Okay, okay. Triple pitch free flea flicker? Um, yup. A of laterals. <laughs> okay.
3: Maybe, maybe a little fumble-rusky or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do a fumble-rusky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ho-
0: hopefully we won't get in that situation. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no that's, that's why it's a hypothetical. I'm yeah, trying to bring yeah. out the, the funny part. Here's one you guys can probably debate over. Um, Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it's not.
2: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say
0: it is. In the, no way, shape, or form. I don't think so. Is it's it a, a sub, food. though? Ah, is it? Okay, let's go. Is it a sub? But Is a sub a sandwich? Ew.
3: Well, if Dang you go it. by the cube, of, cube rule of food, it's a taco.
0: Because of the, the okay. three, uh, it's like a try. It's like you got yeah, three points of yeah, yeah. of okay. contention. Yeah.
2: Okay, I agree with that.
0: It's more of a taco. Yeah. yeah. So a hot, taco. a hot dog and a submarine are more of a taco than they are a sandwich. Yeah. Heard it here first. Okay, this would be good for this weekend. You're about to get into a fight. What song comes on in the background? <laughs> like you're in a movie, and then all of a sudden they start zooming in on you. You're about to take on thirty five dudes from the. Yakuza clan or something. What's your background song?
2: <laughs> I don't know who listens to this podcast, so if the songs we <laughs> list
0: are gonna be known, I would say uh, Mosh Pit.
3: <laughs>
2: By uh, who?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> okay. But right, he's ready to throw down in a mosh pit. I don't know,
3: something something like maybe the the Rocky intro song.
0: Oh, that's okay, really yeah. good yourself. Yeah. But, I mean, what's something that you guys have to listen to before before a football game? Like let's. what's one that like if it doesn't go through your earbuds you don't feel right maybe Hell's Bells okay. yeah ACDC Yep. I listen
3: to uh, live from the gutter it's from by Drake and future I okay. listened to it before every game since I was like a freshman
0: okay there you go I know everybody has that one song yeah, everybody man. has something that they're just like this is the right one did you have another one I was just gonna say in the air tonight that's a good one yeah. okay that always gets you in your feels are you talking about uh, like Phil Collins I can feel yeah yeah like, <laughs> do, 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 do. yeah okay you're talking about Phil Collins I can do a Phil Collins drop <laughs> I'm alright with that. Okay. Okay, so since we're talking about rivalries and since we're into it, what do you think is the best rivalry in sports? Right now for us it's this one. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> outside outside of the Patriot games, since we've already talked about this particular rivalry so much, we know how awesome it is. What's the best rivalry? If, or actually we could even do it outside of sports if you think it's like Batman, Superman or something. What's what's the best rivalry? Uh, in your mind.
3: Well, I think in sports, my favorite to watch is Michigan State versus Michigan football.
0: Yeah, that's you know that's my favorite. Okay, but. I'm in the same boat. Don't yeah. worry.
3: I don't know,
2: cause like if you don't take sports into an aspect, it can be so many different things. I mean, yeah. yeah, right. Like McDonald's or Burger King. Yeah. Game. It's like I don't know which one's bigger. Anything. <laughs> There's so. Go many. go with They're sports. So go with sports. Okay. Then. Michigan, Michigan State. I'm yeah. gonna have to piggyback. Yeah.
0: Hey man, I'm in I this, love that I, game. I'm in. I'm in the same boat with you, fellas. We're we're all in agreement here. Yeah. Which company or franchise do you wish would go out of business? Oh no,
2: I'd probably take out McDonald's. Yeah, it's it's a big one, and I don't really. I'm not a big fast food person, so just get I'm, rid of McDonald's. Just, what about the
3: breakfast though? Yeah, just I don't,
2: try to I save don't even, America. Yeah, I've been there like twice
0: in my life, and. I'm just twice. Done. Wait, we need to, wait, we should backtrack in this interview and go for uh, how how have you only been to McDonald's twice in your life? I've like taken two
2: big road trips and we get breakfast there like yeah, never.
0: Man, your parents must really love you. My f- parents
2: are <laughs> <also> <laughs> a big McDonald's. Guy. They're a, they're a big we've got food at home. Okay, I was going to say, I was going to
0: like that is just not healthy for you Aiden. You're not allowed to be eating this. Don't ever do it cuz Man, that means I've eaten more McDonald's in the past, like, 36 hours than you have in your entire <laughs> life. <laughs> like, definitely, I had McDonald's. I had three sausage McMuffins for breakfast for McDonald's yesterday, so uh, that's definitely more than you ever have. But either way, I appreciate both of you guys coming in and joining me, even if it was shotgun and you didn't really know you are going to be sitting next to each other for the interview. That's all right. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, for uh, for Aiden Griggs uh, and for Mitch Dotschnick, thank you so much, and uh, good luck this week at the Patriot Game.
2: Thanks, Thanks for having us.
3: Thank
0: you. Once again, we'd like to give a big thank you to Traverse City West Senior Aiden Griggs and Traverse City Central Senior Mitchell Stochnik for joining the Get Around. That interview brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. We're going to dive into the Hall of Fame putting another member into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. We have three fantastic, and I mean fantastic, nominations for this week. One's already been nominated several times. The other two, uh, very, very well One's deserving. already been talked about a lot this season. Yeah, exactly. We'll get that out of the way then because I, I know, I think this might be even the third time that he's been put up for the Hall of Fame, so I wonder if he'll get in yet. But Kingsley's Aiden Mullen, in the win over Grayling, had... 23 carries for 222 rushing yards with four rushing touchdowns. They didn't stop there. He had 40 more receiving yards and a score uh, through the air. And then even on defense, turning around with nine tackles, almost double-digit tackles on defense, obviously never coming off the field. Uh, Another big game for Aiden Mullen. Who do you got, Harrison?
1: Uh, I'm going to nominate Gaylord St. Mary QB Brady Hunter. Eight carries, 271 yards, six rushing touchdowns. Versus Central Lake in that in that throttling in in week three, just one of the big reasons why St. Mary is humming along at such an impressive pace is uh, Brady's I believe a four-year starter under center, at least three, and I know he was injured in his sophomore year, but um, a big reason why those guys are out to a tear, and we just spent so much time talking about him before the interview is uh, Brady Hunter under center. So uh, those stats, I mean, six touchdowns
0: <laughs> are no joke, no joke whatsoever. Now uh, we're going to do an honorary nomination for. Our friend and normal co-host, James Cook, who is not with us today. Uh, he will be at the Patriot game later this week, but was not able to join us on Monday because... Concerts. Yeah, he's going to jam out with his friends. Which concert, you know? Heavy metal, something. Heavy metal. Yeah, he's going He's going to jam. Metallica. But uh, for for James, we're putting up Benzie Centrals, Hunter Jones. He took first place overall in the bronze Division at the Spartan Invitational uh, down at Michigan State this past week. Uh, last Friday actually uh, he actually ran more over 30 seconds faster than any other area um, runner that was there boy or girl from eight area schools even even the higher divisions yeah well no I said from area. Yes. No, but like yes, Central and TC Central. Yeah, no, he actually ran nearly a minute faster than the, the top kid from Traverse City Central.
1: So I mean that's saying a lot. At sixteen fourteen, I ran cross country, varsity cross country, four years up here. I mean, I never got close to sixteen fourteen, and I was a pretty reliable part of the TC Central cross country team for almost four years. Well, yeah. And so well, I mean, if that guy's
0: if you're talking like Cole Truskowski, who was our cross country runner of the year uh, last year um, for the Record Eagle, he beat him by more than forty-five seconds.
1: Yeah, so I—I I mean, and you know, Benzie's a cross-country program through and through. So and we were kind of talking before we pressed record on the podcast that wow, it, it was just impressive to see the showings from these teams and these individuals at the Spartan Invitational. That's always a well-attended meet, always oh, yeah, there's big-time hundreds time feel. And hundreds and hundreds you should have gone to see it while you were at the game on set, or was it Friday? It was on Friday. Okay, yeah, they usually have it on a Friday, but
0: but no, there was—I think it was 168 high schools at that meet, and uh, had a few area people. Finish towards the top in their respective divisions so yeah it had a very good weekend for uh, cross country last week but we're gonna have to put it to a vote there is only two of us here so we might have to uh well here chop i'll, I'll start off.
1: I'll start and uh maybe throw you for a loop uh my own nomination I'm probably going third okay so Brady as impressive as it is um I kind of harped on it earlier I, I don't know the quality of opponents necessarily that Gaylord St. Mary's really been facing and really giving him that much of a challenge in getting these stats. Having said that, he didn't play the whole game, I'm sure, so those numbers could have been even more inflated. Coach O'Connell probably taking him out in the second half well, during the running I think they're up 65 nothing at half. Uh, at second, I'm going to go with Hunter Jones based on that impressive run time at a Spartan Invitational where you've got some of the best of the best in those smaller school, in the bronze school divisions, and that's a great test for Benzie and Jones now as you go through the rest of the season. But so you're giving it to Aiden Mullen. In Aiden Mullen, performance like that against a gray-league team that we were talking about how they were tough to hang with defensively and and then to be down and to come back and win a game like that at home, you No one you, got, you could have almost looked at that as a trap game. That was week 4 St. Francis. You could have very easily yeah, looked look at that as a game. Kingsley... Screws up and does not. And Aiden Mullen is a big reason why the Stags are three and zero. I I'm going to vote for him.
0: All right. I I'm not going to go on such a long-winded explanation as Harrison. I'm, I just
1: want everybody to know that all three are worthy candidates. Well, that's
0: why they're getting nominated in the first place. Of course, they're worthy candidates. But this is this, this I is I feel most, like this Harrison. A tough this one. is the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. And the newest member is going to be Aiden Mullen. I'm going to put him up. Uh, I think I mentioned on last week's podcast, week in week out, he's been nominated for this he's been squeezed by just a couple times i think it's probably a good idea for us to get him in and kind of get it out of the way so we can start nominating so of course
1: next week when he's a shoe and we can't even nominate it hey, no, exactly <laughs>
0: exactly so uh congratulations aiden on being the newest member of the get around hall of fame after your 262 total yards and five total touchdowns against grayling we only have one thing left to do today. One thing left. And that is Start the hockey season. Trifecta, yeah. Well, our hockey season actually will kind of sort of be starting by the time you listen to this podcast on Monday preseason night. games. Well Tuesday, underway. yeah. Tuesday is when uh, the Detroit Red Wings start the preseason. Uh, just wrapped up training camp in Traverse City on this lovely Monday that we are recording uh, for you audible viewers. But we wanted to do the trifecta today to kind of wrap up their time in Traverse City and wrap up our time spending kind of talking about the Red Wings for the majority of uh, the rest of the year with a trifecta of asking. The Red Wings have had a couple really high draft picks over the last few years, have had a couple prospects start to show up. Uh, we've seen them over the last several years uh, here in Traverse City, and had me and you have both have, the ch- have had the chance to put some eyes on these kids in these developmental periods and see what they've been able to do both in the AHL and the NHL. So we're going to talk. Who who do we think is the next guy? Who do we think is the prospect or prospects who might turn into be the Datsuk and Zetterberg or, you know, the... The Lidstrom or the the guys who are going to yeah, be here for the next 15, 20 years. And, I mean, I'm still know, shocked. Possibly, possibly make the biggest difference.
1: I think that's so much pressure to put on these guys. I remember when everybody was saying that about Dylan Larkin when he was drafted and he came into our studios for the Jimmy John Sports Corner a week later. Scared as can be to be on that set. And I'm looking at this kid thinking, like, is he really? And I'm sure he's great at hockey. Is he really going to be able to to take this leap that everybody's projecting for? That everybody projects a lot of the first round picks for, especially to to reach in any major sport. Uh, and he's now the face of the organization, and, and rightfully so. When we all did the press conference with him on Friday, he did way better than he did with me one on one five years ago. So he's he's well versed in that situation. I'm kind of shocked he hasn't been giving the captaincy yet. But uh, I'm assuming that's coming down the line as Iserman gets more comfortable with everybody around. So when we're talking about the next guy, it's so tough to predict a Zetterberg or a Datsuk. But in this day and age, you look at the top two point getters on this team, Larkin, Athanasiu. I remember especially Athanasiu watching him four or five years ago in these prospects tournaments and these development camps and thinking, like, he he's just a level ahead of everybody else on the ice. And you could just see, like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but when he gets his chance, he's going to be on the main roster and he's going to be one of the impact players on the main roster. And I haven't seen him play very much because he was a late-round pick last year, but I know there's a lot of hype around Philip Zadina. Uh, Joe Valeno, though, stole the prospect's tournament to me, especially in the this final. This year, yes, this year, yes. He was so clutch when they were down to Dallas. He punched in a couple key goals. Uh, he just seemed quicker than everybody else, comfortable handing the puck. I I think Joe Valeno has got a very good chance to be that next red wing that you don't know too much about, but that could very well in a few years here be on one of those starting front lines.
0: I honestly, I know a lot of people are always going to look towards the forwards and, uh, you know, who's going to score the goals, who's going to put all the points up, uh, you know, who's going to be the kind of, you know, the guy who gets it done. And I'm not actually going there for who I think is going to be the next guy and or guys. We're talking about just straight prospects with people who haven't really, you know, spent much time with the parent organization over the last two years. I think that, you know, if we're talking about two, maybe three years from now, I think Dennis Chalowski and Moritz Cedar, their current number six overall. cider or Cider Moritz Seider, uh, their current number six overall pick who they just picked up in June. Um, I think that those two defenders could possibly make up uh, number one defensive pairing, back line. that Detroit has had in a very long time since since the days of Lidstrom and Maltby and and Draper and having some of those those guys who were able to you know play both defense and still put the puck on net, yeah, still score exactly scoring. having mm-hmm. offensive skill sets on that back line. Uh, I,
1: yeah, Chalowski had some goals early on in the regular season last Chil- year that got a lot of people excited. Yeah,
0: Chalowski played, I believe it was something like close to 30 or 35 games uh, with the Red Wings last year. He looked really well in the time that he had. Once again, he was in the prospect tournament, had many, many people talking big things about him, and when you watched him on the ice, you could tell that he is just a fantastic puck-skilled defender. Uh, as they both are very good with their hockey sense, but I know a lot of people are really excited about Zadina, as you mentioned, but... And what I've seen with my own eyes, it's not he's not just quite ready for what they're expecting of him uh, yet. Yeah, you
1: can't all do what Dylan Larkin did and in a year make the main roster. I mean, that is just unbelievable what Larkin pulled off. That can't be expected for everybody, and it won't be, no, but, but at the you same and I time, both, you eventually. And I
0: both, yeah, but you and I both just spent time there. And, I mean, with Steve Eisman taking over, we talked about it. We asked him those questions. There is a very good chance that these guys are going to see plenty of time over the next year or two.
1: That's the message at camp, it seems, is yeah. these spots are open. Rookies, if you want them, take them. Veterans, if you want to keep them, you better play hard. than the rookies. And th- that those ingredients make for a very fun hockey team to watch. Having said that, what do you think? Do they do they get back to the playoffs this year? This year, no. Probably
0: not. No, I, I don't think that they'll be a bottom five team in the NHL again, but they're they're still going to be in that – that top-ten pick range next year. But I don't think that's the worst thing. You've got to develop takes time. But it's not even that. I said this as soon as, you know, once once it kind of started to grow stagnant where we were just making the playoffs and we'd lose in the first round for four or five years in a row, it was just like, yeah, we're there, but it's really not doing us any good. Uh, you know, even we talked about that with the Pistons like last year. Is it even worth getting the eighth seed and then playing a team, you know, like – Well, hockey's Bucks? a little different but than I the NBA know, but, playoffs. But, but, it's but... Still, but it's still – Getting up to that point for the longest time for the Red Wings didn't do us any good. Yeah, I mean, we did get a Dylan Larkin out of that time where we were, you know, where he picked around like sixteen or seventeen. There was those there was those guys, but I've as soon as the Red Wings went away from that twenty five or twenty six year streak going in the playoffs, it's like, all right, tear it down and do like, it like the Joe, but do it right. You know what I'm saying? I don't. We don't, We don't need this to be a ten year extended process like what the Tigers have had to deal with now, where it's just crumbling and crumbling and crumbling and you're trying to pick up the pieces. Yeah. You might as well they and they, they're started they started to. They've cut off a lot of the old dead weight. They've cut off a lot of the old dead contracts, people that just were there but they weren't doing what they had were, weren't doing what they had to for them. I think that is if 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 they're in that bottom 10 again this year, this will be the last time that they're out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think when you talk about the Tigers Especially because the ownership is the same family, I think there's a big difference between the rebuild to the Red Wings and a big difference between the rebuild to the Tigers. You just kind of have a feeling like the Wings are gonna figure this out. Like even though they're near the bottom, they seem to be knowing what they're doing. We don't really, I don't really know what the Tigers are doing right now. I can't kind of pinpoint, like you just said with the Wings, the following year. I, I can't. You wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers were good in a couple years based on the pitching in Double A. You also wouldn't be surprised to see the Tigers be bad for another five to ten years at this rate, the way they've invested in Miguel Cabrera and whatnot and how much that's going to eat up the cap space. With the wings, you have a feeling like we're getting near the end of the the bottom years, and we're going to get a little kickback here shortly.
0: Hey, guys, this episode has been brought to you by Jimmy John's. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies, because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freaky. yeah. Please remember to share, like, comment. I know this is our Patriot game, uh, you know, podcast for this week. Comment on here who you think is going to win the game, what the final score. Yeah, scorage. let us know. Yeah, interact. Let interact us know why our so, opinions suck, so we can get you fed with some of that tasty, delicious meaty. Yeah, I could go for a number Jimmy two John's. with cheese right now. I actually think I'm going to get Jimmy John's after we get this get done with this here. But as as Harrison and Brendan and much of them with dismay. We'll lead into the end of this, as, as always. Without further ado. Without further ado. Goodbye. I appreciate you. We appreciate you here at the Record Eagle for listening to The Get Around. Uh, thank you, Harrison, for joining us. Thank you for being you. We'll see you next week. We will see Clear you Clear eyes, next full week. hearts, can't lose. <laughs>